Oh, hallelujah. I love what I feel in the house today. Amen. Amen. Jesus is here. Hallelujah. Woo! Ha <laughs> ha. Praise God. Amen. Why don't you just find three people and give them a high five and say, Woo! I like what I feel. My, isn't it great to be here today? Doesn't it feel good in the house? Amen. I love coming to church. I love coming to God's house. I love coming where people are happy. Happy serving God. Amen. This is just great. God bless you, and you may be seated. And Paul and I are so excited about being here uh, with you today. And being with your pastor and his wife, uh, Pastor and Sister Fitzwater, what a great time we have had. Uh, I may have put on a little bit of weight since I've been here. They have fed us so well. My, my. Y'all have some fine restaurants around here, folks. And then I told the group yesterday, the leadership team, I said we went down to, I think they call it the mall, and Felt the Holy Ghost when we walked into Kilwins. The Holy Ghost was there. Woo, at least Fudge was there. I'm, I'm sure I know that. Oh, my. But we, we've just had a, had a grand time. Beautiful hotel. And, and I mean, I mean the, the mother of all goodie baskets. Uh, it, it, it's in, uh, there was a cup in there. There was a... Uh, uh, a uh, little gift card in there. There was all kind of goodies in there. And uh, I mean, we just had a great time. And then just getting to know your pastor's heart. Feeling this couple's spirit and their heart and their, their heart for you. Their heart for this church. And, and their heart for this city. Amen. This church is already a lighthouse in this city. I love Lighthouse Charlotte. Love it. Love it. What a lighthouse it is. And I believe you're just scratching the surface. Amen. As to what God has in store. My, 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 my. Mm. Look at this crowd on Sunday morning. I, I told them yesterday, I said, I said, you, th th this, this building's not going to hold what God's doing. Amen. I believe you're going to fill this building up and then fill it up again and then fill it up again. I believe you're going to fill it up two or three times on Sunday mornings. We may as well have two or three services on Sunday morning. Good to see my friend Bishop Love. Thank God for this man raising this church up. Appreciate him and his wife. I've known, known them a long time. Go ahead. Go ahead. Appreciate this man, his passion for others, passion for 
Bible studies and, and, and reaching the lost. And uh, this is just, uh, just beautiful. What God is doing. And you're blessed. You need to thank God every day for uh, Pastor and Sister Fitzwater and, 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 and this church and what God is doing. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to just, just open my heart up to you a little bit here today. So I'm just gonna just gonna be me. Is that okay? Just gonna be me. All right. I love these. I, I, I love. We love coming this time of year to the East Coast. We pastored 13 years in North Carolina, and we used to drive up into Virginia and bl- drive that Blue Ridge uh, leaf time, you know. And uh, oh my! And we we love this part of the country. It's just so beautiful. Now, how many of you were raised in church, in a church of any kind? All right? Now, you remember the stories? Remember the Bible stories? You know, you would go to church, go to Sunday school, and you would hear that Bible story. And, I mean, you would leave. I'd walk out of church feeling like, God can do anything. What are some of those stories? Somebody, somebody just tell me some of those stories. Jonah and the whale. Jonah and the big fish. Come on. David and Goliath. Daniel. Moses in the burning bush. Samson. Noah. Saul. Yeah. Hey, hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Woo! That's what I'm talking about, somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, you know, we'd walk out of church just feeling like, man, God can do anything. Now, I got a question for you. What happened? What happened? We grew up life. Uh, happened and and maybe we got just a little bit jaded and sometimes uh, we wonder we know God did it then we know God can do it for pastor but I just wonder if he can do it in this impossible set of circumstances that I'm in right now I want to read to you today out of the 23rd Psalm. It's one of my favorites. I got a bunch of, my my dad's got one favorite scripture that's his most favorite in scripture. I got a bunch of them. And the 23rd Psalm is one of my favorites. And I'm just going to preach a little bit on on the 23rd Psalm. It just starts like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now that's King James version. I, I read a lot of different versions, and, and and but but when I read the twenty-third Psalm, there's just something about the poetry of the King James version and the way it just flows. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. But however, when I was a kid, Pastor, I didn't understand it. The Lord is my shepherd, and I just don't want Him. That's what I thought. 
I mean, that's in the Bible. That, that shouldn't even be in the Bible, I thought, as a kid. I don't understand. Why don't I want the Lord? Well, I, I came to understand that the Lord is my shepherd and he is all I need. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd and he is enough. Uh -huh. Hallelujah, I came to understand what that means. And so I'm preaching to somebody today. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what valley you're walking through or what mountain you're climbing. The Lord is your shepherd and that is enough. He was my shepherd when I was a boy. He was my shepherd when I was a kid. And he's still my shepherd right now. So I just want to title this little message this morning. He's still my shepherd. Just turn around and nudge somebody and say, he's still my shepherd. You see, I can be in the worst situation. And I can be fearless because he is enough. Because he's still my shepherd. He walks in the realm of the supernatural. He is the supernatural. And he can extract me from anything I'm going through or get me through anything I'm going through. So what is there that I have to be afraid of? Verse 2 goes on and says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Now I'm just going to be honest with you. I love green pastures. And I love still waters. And I love it when He makes me lie down in those green pastures. And I love it too. When he leads me beside the still waters. But I'm also going to be honest with you. Life isn't all green pastures. And life isn't all still waters. I wish it was. I'll be totally transparent. I don't like life when it gets rough. I don't like it when the road gets tough and I get weary and I'm climbing the mountain or I'm walking through the valley. I don't enjoy that. But I do know this. He's still my shepherd. He's the shepherd in the, in the green pastures. He's the shepherd beside the still waters. But he's my shepherd in the valley. He's, my, he's still my shepherd when I'm walking the rough road. He's my shepherd when I'm coming up the rough side of the mountain. He's still my shepherd. Woo! And then verse 3. He restoreth my soul. Wow. Wow. He brings restoration to my situation. 
he brings restoration to my set of circumstances. He knows my circumstances. He knows my situation. And when others are beating me up, God himself, my shepherd, is restoring me. So he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Wow. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. That literally means he leads me in the right paths. He leads me the right way. Now, let me just throw this out. Sometimes there's a difference in the way we trust God and the way the New Testament church trusted God. Let, let, me, let me take that a step further. Sometimes there's a difference in the way we pray and the way the New Testament church pray. What are you talking about, Bishop? Well, let me, let, me, let me give you a case in point. Go with me to Acts chapter 4. And, and now here in Acts chapter 4, they had been arrested. They had been threatened. They had been persecuted. And uh, here's, well, if I had been arrested, can I just go, is it okay to just continue being transparent with you here today? If I had been arrested for preaching the gospel and if I had been persecuted, if I had been threatened, you know, I'm just going to be honest. I, 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 may, I may pray, oh, God, get them. Get them, God. God, deliver me from this. Get me out of this. I don't want to be here. But let's see how the New Testament church prayed in verse 29, Acts chapter 4 and verse 29. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. They said, God, you see the way they've threatened us. Now, Lord, we just ask that you grant us, baptize us in boldness, God, that we're going to go right back out there and we're going to speak your word. That's the way they prayed. Ha, 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 ha. Woo. And verse 31 says this, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Uh, what's to keep this place from literally shaking in the Holy Ghost here today? God give us boldness uh, to go into Charlottesville and speak your word. How long has it been since we've been so filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with God's purpose? Ha, ha, ha. 
wow, they took note of the men. Earlier in that chapter, they took note of them that they had been with Jesus. Wow. Wow. He's still my shepherd. So I want to get back to that place where I trust him with absolutely everything. Mm. And you know, we, we, we talk about Paul. We think that Paul, I mean, Paul was this superhuman being. Paul would step into a phone booth uh, when, the, when the chips were down and things got bad and Paul would open his jacket and unbutton his shirt and there'd be a big old S across his chest. He was Superman for Jesus. But that's not true. You see, Ephesians 6 and 19, Paul's praying for boldness. He's, God, give me boldness. All right, Ephesians 6, 19, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me full of the Holy Ghost, Paul is praying, so that I can be bold in the Spirit. So what I want to ask you is, what are you full of today? You know, we were blessed. Somebody gave Paul a, a car. They gave her a Lexus, and, and it was three years old with 35,000 miles. And, I, you know, all of our married life, we'd been rejoicing with folks that had been given automobiles and trucks. And, and, and so here just, a, I don't know, about three or four years ago, it happened to us. Praise God. You know what? you got to learn to rejoice with others. Don't say, I wish that was me. Say, thank you, Jesus, for pouring it on my brother and my sister. I rejoice with you. Woo! And so I got ready to take her car to gas it up. And she said, hang on, Mark. She said, that car takes premium. The owner's manual said it runs on the best. The man that gave it to us said it runs on the best. Don't put anything in it but the best. And when you open the gas tank, if you'll notice, it says put premium in this car. She said, don't forget. She said, because I know you're used to putting regular in your truck. You fill this thing up with premium. And so when I take it and fill it up, and she reminds me every time, folks, every time. I feel the Holy Ghost in that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And I have forgotten a time or two. And I didn't feel the Holy Ghost in that. But you know what? What I want to ask you is what are you filling yourself up on today? Are you putting regular in there? Are you just putting standard? Are you just putting average in? Are you here today and you're saying, fill me up with premium, Lord. Fill me up with the Holy Ghost so I can make a difference in this city. So I can make a difference in my friends. He's still my shepherd. Woo! <laughs> All right, let's go to the fourth verse. Of that 23rd Psalm. And the psalmist goes on 
You know, he's already said, you restore my, he, he restores my soul. He already said, he leads me in the right paths for his name's sake. Now watch verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Watch close. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, what I want you to notice here, there's a seismic shift between the third and fourth verse. In the first three verses, the psalmist was talking about God. He was talking in the third person. The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me. He makes me to lie down. But now I'm in the valley of the shadow of death. And he shifts from talking about God to talking to God. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with you, Lord. I'm talking to you. I'm not just talking about you. I'm talking to you. We had better not talk about God for too long before we start talking to God. Is anybody hearing me? Is anybody hearing me preach? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Now, what, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. All right? He didn't say the valley of death. He said the valley of the shadow of death. Now, let me ask you, what does it take to make a shadow. What do you have to have? Somebody said it. What is it? The sun. Sunlight. You got to have light in order to have the shadow. And he said, I'm not just walking through the valley of death, but I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. The shadow of death is on me. The shadow of death has fallen across me in this valley. But I know that there is the shepherd somewhere out there because in order for a shadow to fall across me, there's got to be sunlight out there. So when, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, behind those clouds there's the sun. Behind the shadow that has fallen across your life, behind the shadow that has fallen across your family is Jesus Christ. The shepherd is there. That's why the shadow is there. Is because the shepherd is there. Is anybody hearing me? Ha, ha, ha. Wow. 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 God himself is there and he's protecting me. Now, I want you to notice the constant here. The constant is not the valley. The constant is not the shadow of death. The constant 
is the presence of the shepherd. I think of the man that told the story of, of being raised in an old farmhouse, great big and scary, and it creak at night. It was so old, but the, his bedroom was upstairs when he was a boy, and it was scary. And one night his dad prayed for him and tucked him in bed, and as he walked out of the room, he flipped the light out and walked down the dark hall, and the boy cried out, Daddy, come back. And he said, What is it, son? He said, Daddy, can I sleep with the light on tonight? And he said, son, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you your choice. He said, I'll leave the light on and I'll go downstairs. Or I'll turn the light off and I'll lay in bed beside you. Which way do you want it? He said, daddy, turn the light off and lay in bed beside me. And here's what he said. He said, I chose his presence in the dark than rather his absence in the light. You may be walking in the dark today, but it's just a shadow because he is there. It takes the shepherd to cause a shadow. Is anybody hearing me preach today? Now what I want you to notice is uh, he said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, don't get stuck in the valley. Don't pitch a tent or don't build a house where God wants you to merely pitch a tent. Is anybody hearing me? Is anybody, some folks get lost in the valley. Some folks, they concentrate on the valley. That's all they can see. But let me tell you, the only reason I'm in a valley, the only reason you're in a valley, I'm over here at point A, and God is trying to get me to point B, and the valley just, he's not putting you in the valley of the shadow of death just to be putting you in the valley, but the valley just happens to be between, where you are point A and point B where he's trying to get you through to so don't get stuck in the valley. The children of Israel got stuck in the valley when they left Egypt. Uh, hear me. It was only an 11 day journey by foot uh, to the promised land uh, from Egypt but it took them 40 years uh, to get there the first time and 40 more years because they just got stuck in the valley. And so what God is trying to do is take you from where you are, point A, to point B, where he wants you to be, where he's got some better things for you, and in the middle and on the way is the valley that you've got to walk through so you keep walking. You keep walking. Is anybody hearing me? Is it they that wait on the Lord, Isaiah said, shall renew their strength. Is anybody hearing me preach? Now, now hear me well. Hear me well. Our patience is sometimes heaven's procrastination. 
You see, because we think we're being patient when we're just sitting here not doing anything and we're waiting, but the Scripture says, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. you got to keep running in the valley. you got to keep walking in the valley. You can't stop in the valley. Too often we stop somewhere where in the valley but the valley's merely to get us uh, from where we are to where God wants us to be is anybody hearing me preach verse 5 he's continuing to talk to the shepherd not about the shepherd. And he said, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Wow. Yeah, let's put one right there and let's pull one right up there. Now, if you'll lift that plate up we're going to put this right there set the glass right there put that plate over there we're gonna, that's great thank you pastor praise God don't you love your pastor amen now I got I got five guys that are going to help me where are y'all y'all come on up here just come up here and stand okay for just a minute Thank you, men. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Wow. Wow. All right, let me check these guys out here. All right, let's, let, let, let's, let's do this. Come here, Chad. All right, Chad. You're Jesus. All right? All right. Stand right there, okay? All right. Now, guys, right now, y'all are the bad guys. Y'all are are not bad guys. They're really not bad guys. But they're just going to be the bad guys today. All right. Not all the time. That's it. Now, guys, I'm looking at all of you. Every one of you are bigger than I am. So go easy on me, okay? Don't hurt me. Don't hurt your boy, okay? All right, all right. Here we go. Now, I'm following Jesus. You got to follow Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. He leadeth me, and so I follow. He leads me beside the still waters. He leads me uh, and and makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me on the right path, uh, the right way that I should go. So he's leading me. It doesn't mean that I don't have problems uh, because I go through the valley of the... He's leading me through the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, But he's with me, all right? Uh, Now... 
I, I got enemies all around. Come on, guys, get around me here. I got enemies shoving on me, all right? There they are. They're shoving on me. But what am I doing? I'm following Jesus is what I'm doing. I'm holding on to the shepherd's hand. The Lord is my shepherd. Go ahead and push on me a little bit, guys. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, I want you to watch this. All right, come over here. The Bible says he prepares, so start preparing that table. He prepares a table. He doesn't just set a table in the middle of my enemies. He sets a prepared table in the middle of my enemies. Uh, he's going to feed me. He's going to sustain me. He's going to take care of me when I'm in the valley and I got enemies everywhere. He's taking care. It's a prepared table. Is anybody hearing me preach? My Lord. <laughs> and you know what? Let, let, let me tell you. <laughs> this just lights me up. The blessing of the shepherd is not in the elimination of my problems. The blessing of the shepherd is not in the elimination of my enemies. The blessing of the shepherd is a prepared table for two. In the middle of the valley, in the middle of my enemies. So my enemies are hovering around. I'm in the valley of the shadow of death. But he sets a prepared table for two. Is anybody hearing me? And that's not all. That's not all. Now, just act like you don't have to open it up. Just act like you're putting oil. That's it. No, no, don't open it. There you go. Now, just act like you're putting oil. All right. That's anointing oil. All right. He prepares a table before me, right in front of me, in the midst of my enemies, in the middle of my valley, in the, in the middle of my trouble. But that's not all. It says he anoints uh, my head with oil. Go ahead. Wipe some of that anointed sweat off of there. Yeah, looky there. All right. He hey, let me tell you, is anybody hearing me right now? You are still anointed when you're in the valley. Is anybody hearing me? You are still anointed when you're in the middle of trouble, trial, and turmoil, my brother. You're still anointed when you're surrounded by enemies. In fact, he's giving you a little extra anointing for that. In the middle of my enemies, he anoints my head with oil. Don't let the devil tell you that you can't hear from God. Don't let the devil tell you that God has deserted you. Satan is a liar and he is the father of lies. And that's not all. Pop a cap on that. All right, now. He sets a prepared table before me in the middle of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. And then it says, my cup runs over. So you know what he does? When I'm in the valley, 
and I don't know which way to turn, when I've got enemies all around me, he's still pouring into me. And he's filling me up. Just keep going. Just keep going. And not only is he filling me up, uh, just keep going. Yeah, keep going. All right, he's got another bottle under there somewhere. Yeah, looky there. The Lord gets another bottle out. Uh, he's got me full, but he doesn't stop. He just keeps pouring, and he keeps pouring, and he keeps pouring, and keep pouring. And he, my cup uh, runneth over. Is anybody hearing me preach? Uh, when you're in the middle of the valley, when you don't think you can feel God, when you don't know where God is, uh, he's sitting at that prepared table beside you. He's anointing your head with oil, and he's running your cup over. <laughs> he's still pouring blessings out. Uh, and here, uh, Okay, now get, now get this. Get this. My cup runs over. Here's the thing. God doesn't want you just to be full. God wants you to spill over and to run over and to run over on somebody else and to bless somebody else. One reason we can't get out of our valley sometimes any quicker, one reason we can't get out of our terrible circumstances is because we're concentrating on me. It's all about me, and he's overflowing. Overflow that a little more. And he's overflowing us again. He's overflowing us, but he's saying, I want you to spill out on this one. I want you to quit forget, or start forgetting about your problems and reach out and help this brother in his problems and overflow on him and I'm going to get you out of your problems. My cup runneth over. My God. Woo! I believe somebody's latching on to what I'm preaching here today. I believe somebody's believing what I'm preaching here today. In the middle of my trial, my source of joy is my fellowship with the shepherd. Wow. And all the what ifs. Well, what if this happens? Forget the what ifs. The what ifs are faith killers. I remember Paula... Don't have time to go into all the story, but we thought we were going, and we'd been we'd been asked to to, to become the pastor of three or four sizable churches, and but this was the one we felt, and we drove into town, and 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 we were going to become the pastor there, and I don't have again I don't have time to tell you the whole story, but it was like a dark cloud came over the automobile. I said, babe, did you feel that? She said, I did. We went the very next Sunday and checked out a little church that, that Brother Kilgore had told somebody about us, that we had a passion for North Carolina. And so we went to Winston-Salem, 
And uh, there was a little building, beautiful little building, handful of folks. Uh, they couldn't, they couldn't pay the church note. Uh, uh, they couldn't even write a check if, when they paid the church note, because the check had bounced so many times. Uh, they had already dispatched a truck to come get the pews, and it goes on and on. I don't have. There was no mismanagement of funds, honey. There simply weren't funds to manage. Okay, now. Here's what happened. We went in there. We knew it was the will of God, and we were hanging on by our fingernails. They couldn't pay us a nickel. And, and God had spoke to me to work that church and work that city the way I, uh, most men work or harder than most men work a public job. And so, so I was out teaching Bible studies and I was, I, I, I was talking to people and we were baptizing folks. And I came in one evening. A little trailer. Don't have time to go into that story. We got all kinds of stories, but a little trailer that had bullet holes in it when we first bought it. Paint was peeling to the bare metal. Screens were dangling, but we'd think it was cheap, so I bought it. And 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 we we fixed it up and moved in it. And I got home one evening for supper. Dinner for some of you more sophisticated Charlottesville folks, okay? And uh, I walked in. Greeted my sweetheart with a kiss, and uh, she had the table set. She had our finest china in that little trailer out. That hadn't happened in that little trailer. Beautiful china that, that somebody had given us for our, uh, our wedding. And there was three little dishes on the table. There was a dish of hominy, a dish of green beans, and a dish of carrots. And I looked. I looked at the stove, and there wasn't anything on the stove. Uh, I looked in the oven, and there wasn't anything in the oven. And I looked back at her, and I said, baby, where's the beef? And she started crying. And she said, Mark, she said, we don't have any. That's all we've got in the house. She said, we, we don't have cereal or milk for our for our boys to, before they go to school tomorrow. We don't have a one loaf. We don't have one crumb of bread. We're going to send them to school with no lunch money. We're going to send them to school with no lunch. And we're going to send them to school with no breakfast. Uh, but she grabbed my hand. And she said, but God has called us. Uh, and God is going to keep us. Uh, and don't you get discouraged. Uh, and we both began to give God glory right there in that little trailer. We called our boys in. We, we, we called them in. They were too young at the time to know any better. And they ate supper and they went on to bed. And they went to the Lord help because they went to school the next morning and, and, and with no food and didn't even act like they were hungry. And at 10 o'clock, I get a call at the church. And she says, Mark, come home. She said, there was a $50 check in the mail. Let's go buy groceries. But let me tell you what she was doing in the valley, in the valley, at that table prepared. Prepared for two. Is anybody hearing me? She said, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to fix three little dishes and I'm going to tell my husband not to get discouraged because he is my shepherd. He's still my shepherd. Is anybody hearing me preach? It doesn't matter where you are today. God knows where you are. He's got everything under control and he's still your shepherd.
You may be seated. And let me find a landing place here. Verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Come here, Jesus. All right, let's, let's do this. All right, come here, right, right, right here. All right, right here. All right. These are not bad guys anymore. Sorry, guys. All right. <laughs> All right, here's what we've got. We've got goodness and mercy. All right. Now, the enemies are still there. The enemies are still there. But I'm following Jesus. Now move on, Jesus. Walk on. And as I follow Jesus, goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy are following me. Ha, ha, ha. And you know what? I'm not perfect. Uh, and I'm going to make mistakes. Uh, but when I make mistakes uh, and I fall. Mercy's always there to catch me. It doesn't matter if I fail yesterday. When I fall tomorrow, mercy's there to catch me. As long as I'm following Jesus, I'm following Jesus, and goodness and mercy are following me, and when my humanity comes through and I fall, mercy catches me and sets me back on my feet and they're always there they're going to follow me all the days of my life uh, is anybody hearing me and I fall and mercy's going to catch me but that's not all goodness and mercy are following me and goodness uh, is pouring goodness uh, and blessings uh, on my head as I walk along following Jesus uh, I got goodness and mercy following me. I've got the blessings of God overshadowing me. I got mercy catching me. Is anybody hearing me preach? It doesn't matter what's going on in your life today. It doesn't matter where you are today. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Ha ha! Let's remain standing. Clap your hands. Raise your voice. Magnify Jesus. Ha 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 ha. Woo! Hallelujah. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter what you've been through or what you're going through. Right now, let me tell you, you know what happens? When goodness and mercy are following you, there's an overflow, and the overflow blesses some of the little ones. All right? Now, here's the thing. God knows where you are. All right? And if you have any kind of need, if you have a spiritual need, if you need the Holy Ghost, or you need to be baptized, or you just need to draw closer to God, 
if you have an emotional need, maybe there's something in your background that you've never been able to get over or get through. And it's an emotional need. If you have a relational need, it doesn't matter. It could be a relationship. It could be a husband-wife relationship, mother-mother, uh, uh, our, our father-parent relationship, our children relationship, whatever. Maybe it's a relationship at work, whatever it is. If you have a financial need or if you have a physical need. So if you have any need, spiritual emotional, relational, physical, or financial, I just want you to step out from wherever you are right now, and I want you to come close, and I want you to say, the Lord is still my shepherd, and I'm giving it all to you today, Lord, because I want goodness and mercy to follow me all the days of my life, and I want I want you to be there. I want to understand that you're there when I'm walking through that valley. That's it. That's it. Gather in close. So spread out so others can get in. The Holy Ghost is moving right now. Now raise your hands. And prayer team, help us pray. Go through the crowd and help us pray right now. Everybody reach out. Jesus is here. He's doing something for you. And he's still your shepherd.